When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, it's so funny. You guys saw the agent, I'm I'm sure, right? Of course, yes. yeah. We yeah. saw it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that was the big thing. Him and his dad, him and the agent and oh, his dad kissing God. each other's cheeks. Kissing and the tailgate beforehand. And I mean, I'm from Jersey, so it's it's like I mean, yeah, I mean it's the I mean it's it's Ed Or Orgeron becoming the coach of LSU more than anything. Um, if the guy works out. It is funny because it was like I had two uh, posts next to each other, one that said, Oh, like here it is, his agent. And then the one right below it showed that he's making four hundred and twenty thousand dollars for the for the season. I'm like, well, he needs to be mad at his agents. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> What's up, Houdat Nation, and welcome to the Dome Patrol Podcast. Hey, what's up, Houdat Nation? Thanks for joining us on the Dome Patrol podcast. This is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Jeff. And on this episode, we have Alex from the Giant Take, which is the official Giants podcast of the Fans First Sports Network. And we're going to talk about the upcoming Saints-Giants game featuring two of the NFL's most prolific offenses in what's sure to be the highest scoring game of the season. Oh, wait, sorry. Pe sorry, somebody... Typed over my intro here, featuring two of the NFL's most underperforming offenses and what's sure to be a game where everyone, every better, takes the under. So put your seatbelts on, keep your hands and legs inside your earbuds at all times and enjoy the show. Along with Alex from the Giant Take, we also have Wesley, James, and Jason from the Don't Patrol Podcast. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? All good. Doing all right. All right. So uh, let's jump into it. Yeah, this is the preview game. We talk about the Saints-Giants. It is Sunday at noon Central Time. Uh, first question I'll throw out to you, Wesley. Hit Alex with the hardball. So, like, Alex is is all is all this real? Is uh is Devito just the is he just a local guy that's gonna be this great story? Is he gonna be able to have a winning record? Can he replace Daniel Jones? Like, what's what's going on with Devito? Tell us what's up. I mean, it's it's a crazy, crazy story. I mean, it's so funny because he lives 10 minutes down the road from me back at home. So it's like he's basically my neighbor. And the fact that he lives at home, his mom makes his bed, eats chicken cutlets for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Um, the, the whole family is your stereotypical Italian-American family and the dad. And then obviously in this game, um, the uh, Monday Night Football against the Packers, we had the agent come out. It was like, a special character coming into the mix um <laughs> right. and was that know, on purpose I, or did is that actually with the and this this like. does look like a sitcom about somebody being a quarterback for the new york giants like more yeah. than it looks like something that's actually having like i don't know anybody who doesn't laugh at this like there's just it's hilarious it's hilarious and what i really you know i first saw the picture of the agent i'm like this has to be fake like they must have hired the guy and i look back and like it went on his signing day when he signed with the Giants. There the guy is. Um, you like, know, does that guy work agent. in waste management? Can yeah. you confirm or deny whether or not he works in waste management? I, I saw he's making the calls to, you know, um, tear um, Daniel Jones' ACL or, like, you know, knock out everyone else so that Tommy can play. It's Yeah, it's it's a wild ride. And, 
you know, I think Peyton Manning, I was watching a little bit on the Manning cast. He was like, they're showing more of Tommy DeVito's family than they do uh, Taylor Swift in the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs games now. So, um, yeah, it's crazy. But, I mean, all jokes aside, he's been pretty decent for us. Um, you know, he's not, uh, you know, probably the future of the Giants, as some are making it out to be. Um, but he was, you know, pretty decent in his first two starts. And after the bye week, there was noticeable improvement in how he dealt with pressure, how he read defenses. And um, I, I think overall, you know, he's been a startable QB and putting up 24 points. The Packers defense isn't half bad. So um, the first two wins, we have Washington and uh, the Patriots, obviously not two super impressive wins, but Packers, a team that are in the playoff punt. And, uh, you know, Tommy DeVito, he stepped up to the challenge, had a two minute um, drive to get in field goal range and had that clutch pass to Wondell Robinson uh, that led to that Randy Bullock, um, you know, game winning field goal. So he definitely has the it factor. Um, the real question is, can he sustain it, um, you know, in the weeks ahead? Yeah. Like, so it, like, is he Gardner Minshew or Jeremy Lynn, or is he actually good at the sport? Like, I mean, I, it, and we don't, we, we're not going to know that for a while, but like you see these yeah, guys 30. that like go on these runs and everybody gets like, kind of excited about it. And it's a fun story. And, you know, yeah. it's. Uh... I don't think he's going to be Brock Purdy. I don't think he's going to no, be. That. Yeah, right. I know there's a lot of people, a lot of Giants fans, I should say. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to specify that, uh, who are you know all over the place that he's going to be the next Brock Purdy. I saw someone comparing. Um, I actually think it was in a press conference to Brian Dable where they were like, "Oh, um, you know, so this." They were like bringing up Tom Brady, 199th overall pick, and Dable's like, "Stop right there! It's four <laughs> games. It's it's four games. Like, let's <laughs> calm down here." But yeah, yeah I would have to imagine it's. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be more of a Minshew, Jeremy Lin type thing. Um, he's not an NFL starting caliber quarterback, I don't believe. But I was wrong that I didn't think he could win any games with the Giants as a starting QB, and he's proved me wrong there. Um, I called for Tyrod to be starting last week when he went and got off uh, IR, and I said there's no way that Tommy DeVito is a better quarterback than Tyrod Taylor. To be fair, I still don't think that's the case. But I've been proven wrong a lot this season, so I, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, a lot of this is the underperformance of Daniel Jones. Like, like yeah. he may not be one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the, the world, but he might be better than Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah. like, like, who has the worst contract right now, Daniel Jones or Derek Carr? <laughs> Probably worse Daniel for Jones. the team or worse for the quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, car, cars is pretty bad, and Carr's been absolutely terrible for him. So. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Carr has a out after the second year, correct? Third, but third. essentially it's like a three-year, $100 million deal. Okay, yeah, third, yeah. so Jones has a, a out after the second year, but I think it's like 20-something well, million okay. dead cap. So, I think that's similar with Carr. Like, we can get out after two, but there well, is but still... But we can't. So here's, here's the problem, and I'll, I will hit this real quick. This is actually for a, another show, but the Derek Carr's contract, if we could just afford to let it sit the way it is we could get rid of him after a couple years the problem is is that without restructuring Derek Carr's deal in the offseason we cannot field a 53-man roster we don't have the money the only way we can and I'm not even talking about a good roster I'm talking about to field any, a 53-man roster we have to renegotiate his deal which then hurts us for 2025 as well so we have we have th this kicking the can down the road that's worked so well for the saints for years and everybody's thought we had problems it wasn't a problem until you spent a hundred million dollars on a bad quarterback now it's yeah. i mean you you have no choice or no way to get rid of him it, it only works if you draft and sign good free agents 
I think I look at Derek Carr, and I thought I liked that signing for you guys, to be completely honest. We did, too. We, we did. liked it yeah. in the spring. Yeah. I was like, he's going to be a solid guy. You don't really need someone all we needed. to go out there. You just need a game manager, a guy who can make the key passes when he can. And, in an ex- and to an extent, he has been that a little bit, but it's just been so much inconsistency that we're not used to seeing from him in his time in the and, Raiders. And I think yeah, there's more off the field now too that like it's 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 beyond just what he's doing you know he's for not three real. hours on Sundays to where he he's losing the team. He's he came in at first an and asshole. really endeared himself <laughs> to the team with work ethic and saying the right things. And now he's gone the opposite way by kind of being a crybaby. Yeah. Um right. and like he'll call out if, everybody if, else for if what he their makes mistakes a, they're making. Yeah, if he makes a mistake, it's it's okay, guys. We're going to be real positive, and we're not going to talk about the negative. We're just going to move on, and we're going to do better next time. If anybody else makes a mistake, he scrunches up his face and throws his fists in the air, and like it's re- like it's over and over again. Like it's it's really wow. weird. He's to actually thirty year old quarterback. More, yeah, he's making more mistakes than the rest of the team combined. But that's so, and you saw that's, the team, that's not that important, team. right? Yeah, you saw some of the players actually turn on him. On well, so one player in particular turn on him on Sunday, the center Eric McCoy. They had a real, real big shouting match on the field as they were finishing a play and as they were walking off the field. So it's starting to uh, starting to be seen in public that the uh, that the team aren't exactly uh, thrilled with uh, with Derek Carr. We're talking about Derek Carr. Tell us about the Giants' defense. Like, what what is y'all's strength of y'all's defense? Uh... Are y'all going to get pressure on the quarterback? Are y'all going to make Derek Carr move around? Like, what's what's that look like? Well, so obviously the main guy on our defense is Dexter Lawrence. I mean, he got paid big in the offseason. And lucky for you guys, he is dealing, he's nursing a hamstring injury currently. He only played, I believe, 20 snaps um, last night, Monday Night Football, against the Packers. So I would expect that to go a little bit up against the um, Saints, but it's not going to go up to his usual level of, He's been playing 85 to 90% of the snaps for the Giants, which is crazy at his size and weight. Um, but, you know, he is the true wrecking ball, especially now the Giants traded Leonard Williams to the Seahawks. So that interior, you know, there is some depth there with Ashawn Robinson. You've got uh, Raheem Nunez, Ro- uh, Nunez Roches, excuse me. So there is some good depth in the run bl- in, in the run game department. But in terms of going after the passer from the interior, Dexter Lawrence is really um, the guy who you need to be on the field to get any sort of interior pressure. And then Kayvon Thibodeau has had a really quietly good campaign. He's at 11 and a half sacks now, really should be 12 sacks. But, uh, you know, the, I don't know how they miscounted that last night, but hopefully they fixed that um, for my sake. But, um, yeah, he's had a really good season. Aziz Ojolari on the opposite side on the edge has had a really good season as well. So that defensive front can be very potent at times. But like you've talked about with the Saints all season, they're just inconsistent. So, you know, last night against the Packers, they were great. They were fantastic. They were getting after Jordan Love, um, and and they were getting constant pressure, even rushing four. Um, but, you know, sometimes, you know, a couple weeks back against the Patriots, they struggled to get pressure. Um, the week before that against Washington, they struggled to get pressure at times. So it really depends. And obviously you have Wink Martindale, and he's scheming up a lot of pressure. He's bringing the blitz a lot. So that's something that I think the Saints are going to have to adjust to. Are they going to be able, you know, who are they going to bring in as an extra protector? Are they going to have, say, uh, you know, one of their tight ends chip a little bit on the edge? Um, you know, are you going to have Kamara or Jamal Williams, um, you know, staying in there and not, you know, running routes? 
I have a quick question for you guys. I, when I watch Saints games, I notice that Jamal Williams on these passing downs is always playing, and I'm completely confused why by that. Is it? Does do you guys know why? Our coaches are a, dumb. I, I have a theory. <laughs> so many times it's third down and, and all, and we see Kamara coming off the field. It's it's amazing, but we've we were we were accustomed to just idiotic things. I mean, they just talked about it last week. Jimmy Graham this year has four catches, three of them are for touchdowns, and he was inactive for like six straight weeks in the middle of the season. When we were terrible in the red when zone. When we were terrible in the red zone, yeah. yeah. It's I, I get look, I, and they you, only bring him in in the fourth. You'll hear it again. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Dennis Allen is terrible and Pete Carmichael. Like, our coaching's just terrible. We we have idiots. I think, Wesley, Jamal. before you go into your theory on it, the one yep. thing I will say about Jamal Williams is, is you, you go back and watch some of the plays. Some of his blocks on past plays have been absolutely yep. superb. That's the only reason I can think of that he's been out there so much for the past plays is for his blocking, not for anything that he can do getting the ball in his hands. Yeah, the, J- Jamal Williams, So first of all, like uh, on him, you know, he had 18 touchdowns last year, which is insane. Um, and I'll just say that after watching him all year, outside of picking up the blitz he is not a good football player um he's real energetic fun to be around seemed in the off season like that was going to be a really good signing that was going to keep the chemistry going on the team and he was, all this energy was going to res, you know re, have results on the field he's not been good but beyond that we for years when had Sean like Payton Sean, Sean Payton was obsessed with being the smartest guy in the room and the smartest guy on the field and so doing things that were unconventional and surprising people um, there's times that it worked, including like the Super Bowl when he does ambush to start the second half of the Super Bowl with a uh, an offside kick. Um, and then those times that you're like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, listen, he brought Taysom Hill here and as much as I love Taysom Hill, he told everybody that Taysom Hill was the next Steve Young. And Taysom Hill is not Steve Young. <laughs> um, and it seems like we have lost the creativity of Sean Mormon. Payton while continuing to have guys who are like, we're going to try and be the smartest guy in the room. So Let's let's, you know, we'll run the ball for eight or nine. You'll you'll see that this 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 week. We'll run the ball for eight yards on first down with Taysom Hill, and then we will take him out and try to throw the ball twice, and then we will punt on fourth and two. And we do it over and over again. Um, Taysom averages six yards a carry for his career, but if it's third and one, fourth and one, he's not in the game. If it's in the red zone, he's not in the game. Um, Jamal Williams in the red zone, not in the game. Jimmy William, Jimmy Graham, not even active, but specifically not in the game. It, it's weird. It's 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 it, it's been very frustrating. And now you know this is going to be our third straight home game this week, and the crowd has turned on Allen. The crowd has turned on Carr. So you're going to see it when you watch the game if you haven't checked it out. Um, I'm I'm a ticket holder. I've been in the last two games, and it's the Detroit game was more anger and booze at car and cheers. When Taysom came in last week, there were still booze for car, but it was just, there were a lot of empty seats and the, the dome was just dead. I mean, uh, when Detroit came in, there were a lot of fans. Tons. I, I, I'm I'm curious if, I, I don't know how, how your fans normally travel. I know New Orleans is usually a good city to go to, but I would giants imagine there'll be a, a good well. number of, of giants fans. And you, you're going to hear them on the broadcast and you're definitely going to hear the booze from our fans at Derek Carr. It's oh. almost a game at this point. The fact, like that's the only thing we have. Like you go to the game, there's nothing really fun to watch. So the only thing you go for is you play the boo game every time Derek Carr comes out. <laughs> yeah, boo, we got a chance to do something because we certainly don't have a lot of chances to score. Yeah, I, I mean, mean to Giants cheer. Fans, Giants fans do travel well. I mean, I remember earlier in the season, 
Arizona game. We went to the Cardinals. Yeah, it was an away game. And that whole stadium was just Giants fans. So in terms of warmer climate, um, you know, places, you know, New Yorkers, obviously, when they retire, <laughs> they end up going down south. They they want to go somewhere warm where they can kind of relax. And so when you go to those games in, you know, southern cities, uh, there are a lot of Giants fans. And I know, um, you know, there's some people that I know that are Giants fans who travel to New Orleans or went down to New Orleans a couple of years back. So I'm sure there's uh, definitely some people who are going down to New Orleans. And I know like the Florida games, the Dolphins or the Buccaneers or even the Jacksonville or Jacksonville Very games well. like Giants fans definitely do travel well. Um, to warmer climates when they're yeah. going up to, um, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good example. Seattle, Seattle or Seattle, maybe Buffalo? not as well. But yeah, a shorter trip. Minnesota. Yeah, Buffalo. You're not, not yeah. making it yeah, to Buffalo. Minnesota, not so much. You know, but for that playoff game, we did travel quite well. well. Yeah. Was, we don't talk about Minnesota playoff games here. Yeah, we don't. And and, yeah, and another thing too that. is Sorry. a lot of a lot of fans have been selling their tickets. I mean, you, fans couldn't even give away their That's tickets to, to last fans, week's games. I mean, if you can get a good like JetBlue or Southwest flight for a hundred bucks down to New Orleans, then you get your ticket for thirty dollars. I mean, and then the hotels probably one. I mean, it could be a very cost efficient football game. Try you know away game probably cheaper to. than going to MetLife to be completely the, honest. Oh, were, oh yeah, a thousand right. percent. There, yeah. there were seats this last week. Um, for fifteen dollars with the fees included, there were ones that on like the forty the, yard line. There, there were ones in the um, third deck or not the third deck, the uh, middle section, the three hundred section, which are three three hundred seventy five dollars a piece is um, uh, is a face value um, that we're selling for thirty five dollars a piece, and there were ones that were like eighteen rows off the field selling for fifty dollars each. Yeah, it's like I it mean, was... Giants fans, no matter how bad we are the tickets will always be expensive and they mm. never go down. Maybe they'll go down a little like bit. Four but... million people to, right. Yeah. I mean, so well, we, we were playing the Patriots a couple of weeks back and I was, uh, I was back home for Thanksgiving and I was like, Ooh, I want to go to the game. It's a hundred dollars a ticket minimum, mm. not even including fees. And I'm like, we're at that point three and eight. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like our season is over. Why is it so expensive? But well, that's what you thought. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> back in the hunt. Let's came in, you know. All right, so back to the uh, yeah, like you were saying, the Giants' defense versus the Saints' offense. The funny thing is, I was looking at this, so average. You're you know good and bad, whatever. You're averaging 335 yards a game. That's what you're letting up. Saints' Ooh. offense is averaging 337 yards a game. So, it doesn't seem like it that much for us. It really well, doesn't. Well, we got a lot of well, garbage. Last yards. week, we had 204 yards yeah. total offense. <laughs> a lot of garbage. And scored 28 points. Um, yeah. W- what really scares me about the game, and we saw it last week with us against Carolina, is is the running game against the Saints defense, who's getting older now. And we don't have, you know, our defensive line has kind of struggled. I mean, Carolina ran for 200 yards last week. So uh, how healthy is, uh, is Saquon? Because that's kind of where I think – you guys can really, really stick it to us because we can't stop the runs. Yeah, I mean, the big issue for us all season has been our offensive line, right? We have obviously all pro caliber tackle and Andrew Thomas, but besides that, everyone else is kind of more makeshift here or there. Evan Neal has been a big disappointment for the Giants ever since we drafted him seventh overall, and he's not been able to stay on the field. We might see him come back for this game. It sounds like there's a good chance he's on track to play, but um, you know, the interior guys, the guards, Mark Lewinsky, Ben Bredesen, um, it's kind of been a revolving door in there. And then rookie center, John Michael Schmitz, it's obviously tough to come in as a rookie. And we saw as the game developed um, against the Packers that 
this offensive line really grows into games into the fourth quarter. But if you sometimes it's felt like for the Giants this season that the game has kind of gotten out of hand so quickly that by the time the offensive line really gets going, they can't really run can't the ball. Fo- can't focus think, on the run. Yeah, exactly. So that's the that's going to be the key thing. I think if the Saints can get off to a quick start against. Don't the Giants, you worry about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no fear there, sir. If they Absolutely do hypothetically not. get off to a quick start, um, that could be where, you know, they deviate a little bit away from the run game and then Tommy DeVito starts slinging it. And that's where, you know, things could start getting ugly. But, you know, our offensive line is not really creating a lot of holes for Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is one of the best backs this league has ever seen. So he is able to kind of make stuff out of nothing. Uh, which we're seeing each and every he, week. He and did that in the fourth valuable. quarter yesterday. They did not do him any favors, and then finally he was just like, and then of course yeah. he fumbled. I couldn't believe the fumble. That was crazy. But yeah, um, you know, so it's it's a good matchup, I guess. Like you said, your defensive line it's obviously older. You know, you've got some of your studs. I mean, Cam Jordan's definitely getting up there, and he's been such a um, pivotal piece for you guys for years now. Um, but yeah, the Giants' offensive line, Saints' defensive line. I'd say it's pretty much a wash of just two really bad units, to be completely honest. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a big Saquon fan, so I I think he's incredible. Yeah. And then I, y'all having Matt Breida backing him up is a real change of base pace problem if you're not going to plug holes and all because he can uh, he can hit it too. And then of course now y'all got the the running quarterback, which is uh, Saints Kryptonite. Um, yeah, if there ever has been yards, I believe 71 yards rushing, I believe he had last night. Yeah, if I remember yeah 71, exactly. That's, that's yeah. uh, crazy, crazy. Now, yeah. and what about the other side of the ball? Um, how does, uh, how does your, we're, we're, we're talking about, um, I guess that side of the ball, we're talking about the office. How, how about throwing the ball? Um, it, it, he was at 99 yards with, uh, through three quarters, yeah. which, uh, was, was higher than what Derek Carr had last week through three quarters. Three times but, higher, but but still not impressive. Um, no, it, definitely not. And, and again, it, it's one of those. I think is it the consistency? Because every once in a while he rears back and just, sl- I mean, slings a beautiful pass. Um, yeah. And he's got some receivers with some hands, but uh, is is he just inaccurate uh, sometimes? He's definitely inaccurate at times. He's also afraid to take what the defense gives him at times. Um, you saw, you see a lot of times that he's just. He's either going to chuck it or take the sack. Um, and that's where he really the big improvement was after the bye week for him that he did take some of those check downs, took what the defense gave him. And that's been the main improvement. But the Giants, we have a very weird receiving room where we don't have a guy who can really do it all, kind of like Chris Olave uh, for you guys, who's been such a great addition, obviously, even though Derek Carr, for some reason, doesn't seem to want to throw to him. Um, you know, he's better in there when Jameis Winston's uh, at quarterback. I don't understand how that happens, but. Um, yeah, I mean, our receivers, Darius Slayton, he's a, he's a more of a deep threat kind of guy. Um, he doesn't create a ton of separation in the middle of the field. Uh, Jalen Hyatt, again, kind of a same deep threat, speedy guy. And you've got Wandale's more of a gadget player. And then you've got Isaiah Hodgins, who's more of a red zone physical receiver. So we don't have a guy who can really do it all. And that's kind of our problem. So during, you know, in between, uh, in between the twenties, we're kind of looking at guys like Wandell Robinson and then there's Saquon Barkley to kind of bring us forward, maybe a deep shot to Slayton or a deep shot to Jalen Hyatt. But um, we don't really have that guy who we can just every down look for. And I think that's the main problem. And DeVito, he's a young quarterback. He doesn't have a ton of experience. And, you know, there's a lot of these very tight windows. Are I believe our 
receivers create the second least separation in the entire football league. Uh, at least that was what it was at the bye week. I don't know about uh, the updated ones after last night, but um, they don't create a ton of separation. And when you don't have a quarterback who's super confident in being able to fit it in those tight windows, that's where you can struggle. And the Saints obviously have a pretty decent uh, defensive back group as well. So, um, you know, but, I, I mean, think, we're, I think we're, we're still first or second interceptions in the league. Like we're doing a lot of that. And we're doing that without getting any pressure on the quarterback. That's yeah. just how good the defensive backfield is. And, yeah, Mar- and I mean, no Marshawn Lattimore for the last three weeks. True. Is he going to be back? Uh, it no. sounds no. no. Okay. Yeah. No. Not for this game. Maybe not for probably not for the rest of this year. Yeah. I mean, it's not a big deal. Like I said, our no, we don't have like an alpha wide receiver guy that you're going to need that number one receiver or number one corner to go after. But in terms of the passing game, I think the Giants really. We've been seeing they're trying to do an effort to do this, get the ball to Wandell Robinson's hands, get the ball into Saquon Barkley's hands, get into guys who can really make plays after the catch. And I think that's going to be the key thing is can the Saints wrap up some of these shifty guys uh, like Wandell Robinson, who, you know, he can make one cut and he's gone for 40 yards. And that's going to be the uh, main thing for you guys, I think. He made an incredible catch last night, and when he did that, I was like, I had no idea he had that in his bag. Like that kind of hands and footwork. Like I know he's fast, shifty, you know, that kind of player. Had no idea that, and, and again, maybe he hasn't been consistent either, but the one catch he made on the sideline dragging the toes was an incredible grab. Yeah, and that's the thing with the Giants. Like, none of these receivers are consistent, so any given game, any one of them could go off or they could all be terrible. Um, maybe one game they each have, like, one catch or no catches, or one game Darius Slayton will go off for, you know, 10 catches for 160 yards. You have no idea. So it really depends um, on any given week. And, you know, Darren Waller, hopefully he'll be back for the Saints. I I give it a 50-50 chance that he's back. But if he's y'all back, put he's him in on defense. He, he had one likely... of his career. He had one of his career games against the Saints. Yeah. Um, the first game ever in Vegas. Um, but uh, we, we did not do well with him. With Derek Carr as quarterback, if I remember rightly. Yep. But if you all put Darren Waller in on defense, it's highly likely that Derek Carr will throw the ball to him. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe that's the strategy. But well, the funny thing is, you talk about like catch percentages. I mean, I am looking at this where, yeah, Wandale Robinson is your best with 80%. Everybody else is hovering around that 60% yeah. catch percentage. But the Saints receivers are worse. I mean, we're in the 50s to 60% really? catch percentages. Even Olave is 62%. To be fair, Derek Carr does miss a lot of those throws, though. So that's, yes, I mean, right. it depends what yeah, they're, they're more bad yeah. throws than they it's are. It's more throws. on Carr than it is on, right? <laughs> yeah. Derek Carr I, makes the so- Saints receivers look like are like athletic feats of strength. You know, every yeah. in order to catch a ball from him, you've got to twist your body or do things that are inhuman. Yeah. Or, or you know, stop and go back to where you had just ran from. Mm-hmm. And because it's behind you so much. Yeah. Right. Now, and, and Alex, we will get to a score pre- prediction. I was going to say the one thing you said about, um, you know, why we all laughed when you said something about us, if, if we were able to get off to a quick start, um, we just played the worst team maybe in the history of football. But I mean, like one of the worst teams in the last 10 years, the Carolina Panthers are awful. And we scored we scored nothing in the first quarter against them. And then two weeks ago against the Lions, five and a half minutes into the game, we were losing 21 to zero. Yeah. Five and a half minutes. <laughs> so yeah. it's a uh, we're not really. We're not too confident that we're going to get off to a quick start and make you guys a, a passing offense. Right. Does a missed field goal True. count as a quick start? I don't know. I, I don't, you know, I was, we don't have, in terms of special teams, 
our special teams unit is terrible. Um, so that is something to keep an eye on too. Like we made, obviously the Packers also fumbled, but we had a couple of missteps on special teams. We don't have our starting kicker. Um, Randy Bullock's looked shaky. So that's an area, our punt return game, our kick return game. We're just not very good um, in the special teams department. So I think that's a key area where, you know, if you guys can get a couple of turnovers in that area that could, you know, maybe you get into the red zone early, easily, uh, and that's oh. where you could get some free points. And I think that's where the Giants have really struggled this Did season. Did you say some free points or some three points? <laughs> we get in the red zone, we're going to get we're going to get some three points. Yeah, attempts, if, unless attempts. we miss three attempts. Point attempts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You give us two turnovers in the red zone, we're going to come out of that with at least three. <laughs> you guys have a great kicker though blake uh no 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 you want it i'm thinking about the other the other guy who no, he's, he's, the cowboys he's, kicker he's at 80 percent now really i had him in fantasy football for a few weeks he was doing well, he's good put up some points because we'd let him kick seven field goals and okay that makes five sense, of yeah. them <laughs> what uh and and wait till you see our punter oh. <laughs> it's not yeah. it's you're gonna th- you're gonna think that we're trolling you you're gonna be like oh how many punters got hurt before this guy became the punter this year? And this was our starting punter. Let's just that we say chose. before he was punting for the Saints, he was giving tattoos. He owned a people. tattoo shop on a beach in not Bali, Thailand, Thailand. Like Bali, Thailand, somewhere like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I would have stuck with and that. And yeah. the geniuses that are the Saints front office and coaching staff thought it would be better to bring him on than an established. He's a rugby NFL player. punter. They. The it goes back to, it goes Australian back to rugby player. I really Here, think there's something to your theory about like like Sean Payton kind of went left when everybody else was going right, and he a lot of times he was right to do it. Where I I do think there's something to this theory where it, whether it's Dennis Allen or Pete Carmichael or somebody who is trying to be like that, but you're that's not who they are. Like quit trying to be the guy who's like we're gonna make it with a tattoo artist as a punter because that's what Sean Payton would have done. Well, I mean Sean Payton actually probably put a little bit of thought into some of those times when like if I'm only gonna go left when everybody's going right when it makes sense to do so. Where these guys just seem like every time we're just gonna buck the trend to make ourselves. It was. I want a broken clock's going to be right twice, right? The um the the thing is, Alex, and you'll see. So he's averaging forty three yards per kick because ninety nine percent of his kicks go exactly forty three yards. Forty three yards. Like he has he has shanked one or t- he shanked like two that he went twenty eight yards, and then he's had some that like bounced and just some idiot didn't uh and it just rolled down. But like he kicks the ball forty three yards every single kick. I watched him in warmups at two games this year. He kicks the ball 43 yards. It's the weirdest thing. And he's a professional NFL kicker. <laughs> Jason, you got a score prediction? You want to start us off? With, All right. Uh... I actually placed a bet on FanDuel earlier today. I took the Giants' money line in the over of 37 and a half. So I'm going to go with... Gonna you go took with the this. over? Yeah, I took the over. That's what I do. Uh, in this go... game? Yeah. Life's too short to take the under. The, the Giants are going to score a lot of points. I think this is 24 to 24 to 17 Giants. Am I the, up the, next? The, <laughs> yeah, if you want to go next, that's fine. Okay. Um, I like your confidence, but to be completely honest, I think you guys are just the better team. Um, I know oh, no, that, that, that sounds... Yeah, so- yeah. We, we agree with that. We're just not going to win. <laughs> we've, been the, we've been the better team in every game we have a roster. is that what you're saying we have a better roster i, I think you guys have a better roster you have a better quarterback even though Derek carr has been terrible this year 
Um, you have better weapons. Your defense is probably not better, but you know it's not too far behind. I, I just think you're. Pro- I don't think the Tommy DeVito train can keep on going at this high of a level. I think that's really my main issue. So I'm gonna go. I don't think it's gonna be that high scoring. Uh, what'd you say? 37 and a half. So I'm gonna go. I think it'll be just under. I'll go 2017 Saints. Oh, that was my was gonna be one of my options. Really? Okay. Yeah. James. Yeah. James is gonna predict the Saints are gonna win. He will never pick us to lose, no matter what. Nope, never will, never will. So Jason, you said 24-17 Giants. So, I'm going yes. 24-17 Saints. Okay. Still gonna hit the over. Right. I'm gonna go 17-16, taking the under. And I'm going to say the Saints are going to win it only because they're just going to, they, they can't do anything right. They need to lose. We want the draft pick. They need to lose. We want to fire Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael. So they're going to win. I'll go 1917 Giants to take the World War One. I. I really think it could go either way, honestly. Yeah, like absolutely. It really depends which quarterback's going to be worse. And that's going to really. I, I think. That if you guys just commit to running the ball 45 times, there's nothing we're going to be able to do about it. Y'all will run for 280 yards. Just don't throw it. And, but if if y'all do this stupid thing, where last week Carolina ran for 204 yards. They ran the ball, whatever, 35 times. Then they threw the ball 37 times. And, I mean, they have one of the worst passers in the history of football. It's, it's called a balanced offense. It, and it, I mean, they were – they. Ran for 204 yards, five and a half yards of carry, and then stopped running the ball. And, and it, this was, I know that you look at the final score and you go, oh, they were down by lots. No, it was a close game. I mean, it was a one score game with uh, in the fourth quarter, and they just screwed around. So if you guys will commit to running the ball, seriously, run it 50 times. There's, there'll be no chance of us beating. I'll, but, I'll phone up Dable right now. I'll phone him but, up. <laughs> but, if, but if Tommy DeVito is going to just throw the ball to Tyron Matthew and Paulson Adebo a couple times, yeah, yeah y'all, y'all might be in trouble. All right, well, that's all the show we have for you right now. We're going to thank our loyal listeners for downloading each week and telling all of your friends about the Don't Patrol podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Don't Patrol Podcast. We're on X at Don't Patrol PCAST and at Don't Patrol UK. Also, if you want to participate in game day chat, send us a DM on X. We'll get you an invitation to the Don't Patrol Discord server. And as always, don't forget, if you aren't already, subscribe on your podcast app. Give each episode a five-star rating, comment, set up auto-downloads so you can listen to the Don't Patrol podcast anytime anywhere alex thanks for joining us from the giant take thank you very much for having me yeah good luck and uh we'll have you on next time the saints play the giants could be next year since we both have shitty teams it could be the nfc championship game well i mean it could be yeah (laughs) let's hope for that right all right say bye-bye donkeys bye-bye devito donkeys these little town Goodbye.
the Dome Patrol podcast is the official Saints podcast of the Fans First Sports Network.